Hi, and welcome to this episode of Unboxing Women, where we explore why women in business are often called such a bitch. My name is Micah Rose, and with me is my friend Dana Rex, and we are both independent recording artists and singer-songwriters based in Europe. You can listen to us on YouTube and on your favorite podcast platform. So, today's topic is uh, comedians and how they deal with feminism and um, misogyny and the likes. So, um, Dana, you had a couple of thoughts on this. Um, what have you found out so far? <laughs> yeah, I'm a, a big fan of stand-up comedy. Um, and there's basically a lot of stigma and taboo still around subjects like uh, sex and disabled people, racism even, um, or rather how not to come across as a racist or even how to interact with people from uh, the LGBT LGBTQ community or stuff like that, um, you know, in general in our society. And I think comedy creates a safe place to actually voice certain emotions or opinions that in other situations would not be acceptable to talk about. So that's why I really like uh, comedy because you can actually just say what you're thinking um, and, and, and how it is. And that's just what, it, what makes it so funny is because it's true. Mm -hmm. um, so it just opens up an honest conversation about things, uh, which I really like. Um, yeah. I don't know if you watch Live at the Apollo a lot on the BBC. Um, I don't watch it when it's live, but I have watched a lot of clips on YouTube. Um, oh, yeah. I really like Jack Whitehall and <laughs> uh, Michael McIntyre and stuff like that. Really yeah. British people. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I do too. I do too. And I mean, I, I've also seen how it was basically, it used to be kind of a male white, white male <laughs> show. <laughs> and they really did an effort in, um, you know, booking, uh, uh, um, like half of the time they have women now. They also uh, obviously have uh, black people, um, Indian people, um, and, you know, uh, people from all kinds of, of different uh, places and, and ethnicities. And mm. um, it's really interesting to see, you know, different kinds of humor coming from, um, you know, different cultural backgrounds. You have black comedians, for example, talking about white privilege, what it actually looks like from their side, which is super interesting to mm. to know but where else can you really get into that conversation? You know, you have Islamic comedians talking about terrorism, women slagging mm -hmm. off having kids and how to raise them or discussing marriage, which usually, you know, these are topics or that... discussing slut shaming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So all, all of that stuff is, um, is, is really interesting to watch because obviously all art comedians are, are entertainers as well and yeah. they make art in my opinion um and art is it you know is is it a reflection of the of the community that you're living in or does the community reflect the art you know that's the whole question as well so i, I find it really interesting to see yeah it's interesting um <clears throat> i was gonna say something <laughs> uh. Well, about women in um, in comedy, it hasn't been such oh, a long yes, time. Yes, 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 yes. I don't know if you've watched this, but um, I really, really like this series. Um, I think it's called The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. 
Um, oh no, I haven't seen it yet, but I know of it. Yeah, it's a Prime uh, Amazon Prime, uh, I think exclusive or something. I don't know, uh-huh. but it's amazing. I love it. She's so funny, and it just basically goes through the story of um, Mrs. Maisel, um, who is a young housewife. It's um, I think it's in. Oh, let me no lie. spoilers. No spoilers. <laughs> it's in New York. Okay. Yeah, it's in New York. So it's based in New York. Um, they're Jewish and, um, she, um, has not just being a woman and being a housewife and being a mother, um, but also being Jewish. So there's a lot of things that kind of mix, uh, in her comedy. And it's really, really funny and interesting to see because she's one of the first female, um, comedians in in that space so i don't know and how far this is based off of something real but it probably is oh so it's a um, show about a female comedian basically yes oh yes. okay i didn't know that i'll definitely watch it um i don't well that's interesting because see you know comedy in series and on tv is like this whole other thing as well with women mm. i remember you know i'm a big fan of the show allo allo um which which uh obviously doesn't always paint women in like the best light with uh Renee and his wife having this really you know hate hate relationship <laughs> well I, I i don't know what that show is so oh. it's it's kind of <laughs> allo allo is is where um it it's a british uh, series about a french town during mm-hmm. world war 2 so you have oh. the Germans that are there and mm-hmm. uh, it, it's English, it's English, it's British actors actually. And so they're like, the the funny thing of it is that they're kind of doing a French accent um, and doing a German accent and all of that stuff. And that just makes mm. it hilarious. Um, right. But uh, Rene, uh, every time his wife comes in, because Rene is is the owner of the cafe, and he has, um, so he he has a mistress. the The girl that works at the cafe, she changes during the the series quite a lot, and every time he has a relationship with her, uh, and so he has his wife also who's who's there, and every time she comes in, and she's like, "Why are you hugging this girl?" and he's like, "You stupid woman!" So you know, it's very, it's I don't. I don't really think that it's very woman friendly and mm-hmm. a lot of the series from that time I think it was did they make it in the late 80s early 90s I think I don't know when exactly they started it I think it has mm-hmm. like 10 10 series or 10 year it, it went for over 10 years and wow. um but all of those um yeah all of those um series from the 80s and 90s I think women weren't very you know it was very stereotypical when you were playing the woman in a series like that you were like the stereotype woman like you were dumb or blonde mm-hmm. or you know look at uh, married with children is the same thing yeah. the women in there are just not you know they're portrayed very very bad have a personality <laughs> yeah they're just they're just mothers yeah you know, it's not like you can be a mother and be like 10,000 other things so it's you're a mother that's all you are Mm. um so yeah Mm. so I think we've come a long way with series on Netflix and Prime and and everywhere being you know with with um 
casting a lot of women and even sometimes all women or mm. um, uh, like and the headline. And also casting internationally as yeah. well. It's like actually getting German people to play German people or actually getting French yeah. people to play. Because you can, you know, the world is so global right now. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it, it's not an issue actually casting people who actually speak the language. It, you can't imagine how much, it fr well, you probably can imagine, but it, frustra it frustrates me to no end when I hear in all sorts of movies, there's somebody speaking German And I'm just sitting there and I'm, I'm looking at the, sorry, I just touched my mic. I was so excited about this. I'm looking at the subtitles because I cannot understand what they are saying. And I am German. <laughs> and you can hear in their, in their German that they're speaking such mm. a big English accent <laughs> that yeah. you're like, okay, they just learned the line. And it's all like, <laughs> and I'm just like, that, that's not what German sounds like. No, exactly. I know. I know. I, I was thinking about that. The other day this week what was i watching i was watching something with germans it was german mm -hmm. uh i don't remember uh, i was watching queen of the south as well were there germans in there i don't remember but in any case right. uh, yeah I, you could hear that one was actually a, a german and the other one mm -hmm. was american <laughs> yeah you can so tell um, but yes, a big, big kind of sidestep um, off of our original topic. Uh, <laughs> um, so circling back to comedians. Right? Yes, stand-up comedians. Yes. Yes, stand-up comedians. Because I think it was... Um, yeah, so... Jesus Christ. Today, <laughs> I've talked a lot today. So it's a, a lot of things kind of going through my head. But... I think it's really um, incredible how stand-up comedians, they take so big risks. Oh, yeah, they do. Like, yeah. You need to know your, like, you're, you're, you don't know the audience before you're there. So you have to, A, kind of work on the fly and see what actually fits this audience. Mm -hmm. And then, B, you've got, like, what if you've got more men in the audience And you make feminist jokes that maybe don't land. Maybe they land exactly the same. I don't know. Maybe I, not. I think it's more cultural. I think you know what what works in the mm -hmm. UK, for example, oh, will, yeah. will also mm -hmm. work like in in uh, like Germany and Belgium and stuff like that. But if you go like to to maybe more Mediterranean places, or mm -hmm. um, obviously yeah, to Asia or or Africa, I think that that's where it changes. Um, mm -hmm. So I I think when they go on tour on international tours, I think that's when they really need to think about the show that they have and if that's going to translate in other people's cultures. Um, True. Because, I mean, I, I've, I was watching the other day, I was watching, um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Shavu V? Is it Shavu? I don't know her name anymore. It's uh, Mrs. V. <laughs> and so she's a, a, a British comedian uh, from Hindu descent. Um, and she actually, the show, the, her show is about the differences between Hindu people and British people when they raise their children. So, mm, um, yeah. Yeah, or like more European standards where we're like, no, you can go sit on the naughty step and like things like that. While mm -hmm. apparently 
well, she says, uh, so I'm, I'm believing her, uh, that Hindu people, are, um, Hindu women are, are more, you know, they shout at their children and they're, they're just more assertive and they, they talk a lot about, um, uh, they make them very responsible at a very young age. For example, mm-hmm. I just, I'm just going to give an example. Um, they <laughs> use death. They use death, which is a bit morbid. Ooh. It's like, oh, uh, you know, did you do this? What? You want me to die? <laughs> Things like that, you know, like use, mm-hmm. use yeah. that kind of fear to control them. Um, mm. which I'm, I'm sure also happens here. <laughs> What are you trying to kill me? <laughs> yeah, true, true. It's, a, I mean, it's something you say. Yeah, it's mm. it's you know. I mean, expectations about women um, and their kids or pregnancy or stuff like that is very rigid. Still, I have the imp- I have mm-hmm. the impression, uh, even in Western civilization, um, I'm I'm I don't want children. Uh, for various reasons, and I regularly get get you know, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, uh, heat from other women <laughs> about this, about you know, and how can you be so selfish, or how can you not you know use your uterus for what it's made for, and stuff like that from other women, not men really yeah uh, so it's it's just that kind of thing that i think comedy just opens that conversation up and really tells it like it is and that's why it's funny yeah as well. yeah, yeah it's interesting because there was a similar argument made by um the stand-up comedian jen brister and um she was doing a ted talk on um how we raise our boys mm. right because she's um uh, she's got twin boys. She's in uh, um, a partnership with another woman, and she um, she said she's the other mum. So her partner is the biological mum, and okay. she's the other mum, right? <laughs> and um, uh, she was talking about how um, when they were um, when they were expecting everybody was like, oh, so what are you having? And then her partner would usually say, well, we're having twin boys. And um, she'd be like, men would respond with, oh, oh, well, that's nice, isn't it? That's great. Um, and then uh, women would respond with, oh, boys, oh, bo- twin boys, you've hit the jackpot. That's so great because boys are so easy, you know. I mean, I have one of each and oh my God, my girl, she drives me crazy. Boys are better. Really? Yeah. That's So wow. she said she, yeah, she said she got this so often from women. Boys are better. That's so weird because if if ever I would have I would need to have a child if I would be forced to have a child <laughs> I would want a girl because oh my god it's so much easier I know what to expect mm. I I wouldn't mm-hmm. want a boy I wouldn't want a boy at all I wouldn't want a boy at all <laughs> yeah it's but interesting isn't it it is interesting I I didn't expect that so maybe mm. I'm the freak <laughs> I don't know no I don't think so I think it's um I mean. No, um, <laughs> had to think about it for a while there. <laughs> <laughs> a little silence there from Micah. Um, well, I'm, uh, I'm, you know, um, I don't know. What, what would you want? Would you want a boy or a girl? Well, I don't want a single child. Exactly. I don't know if I, I mean, want. Yeah, you if had I had to. <laughs> if I had to, 
I think I'd want a girl just because yeah. I know girls. Yeah. And I don't I mean at the end of the day I don't think it would matter, but um I think it also depends on whether you're raising the child alone or not. Maybe. And I think I, the thing is raising a child is a lot of responsibility anyway. So it's like you have if you have a girl you know, there's the responsibility of raising them in a way that they are, you know, they don't fall into that trap of, oh, I need to apologize for everything and it's all my fault, um, which is what society tells them, you know, and, and oh, you can't do all of this. This is also something that Jen said. She said, um, when we raise boys, we tell them, don't worry about that don't do that mummy will do all of that for you you just focus on doing everything you can and then with girls it's more like you, you look fat in that you know yeah um and so it's a different type of it's not even conscious it's again the subconscious of society and it's something you really actively have to work on yeah um so also that boys are allowed to show emotion, you know, that, that, that it's okay to go cry and you don't have to put them in a boxing ring to fight out their aggression or whatever, you know. And also she talked about, this is really interesting, she talked about um, consent um, being taught very wrong at a very young age. Because um, you remember, I don't know if you remember this or if anybody else listening to this remembers when you were a kid, um, like it's taught, oh, go, go give auntie blah, 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 a kiss. You know, no, don't kiss her on the cheek, kiss her on the lips. You know, it doesn't matter if she doesn't, you know, you don't want to, you go give auntie a kiss. Yeah. You know? um, it's not something every family does, obviously, but a lot of families do still do this. Um, because with kids, it's like cute. You like, you get a kiss and that's fine. But yeah. it's like, what if the kid doesn't want to kiss that person? And then they get a completely wrong idea about consent because it doesn't matter if you want it or not. Um, and then it doesn't matter if they want it or not. So it's just, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I had that problem as a kid. Mm. I, um, I, I, I didn't well maybe as a teen I don't know at one point I was like no I don't I don't like hugging I don't like kissing I don't like being very close to other people mm -hmm. even when it's my own mother you know I just mm -hmm. I'm not like the huggy huggy person um mm -hmm. uh, well she she's not either but as a kid you kind of say um you you know you kind of get into that habit of in the morning you give each other a kiss to say good morning and then when you go and sleep you have to kiss everybody good night and if there's if there's guests in the house and it's your sleeping time you have to kiss all the guests as well you know and oh yeah i never had to do that well it's just i don't know yeah it's you give everybody a kiss and i just at mm -hmm. one point i was just so sick of having to kiss everybody not that there are guests all the time but even like my mm -hmm. my mom and my stepdad um i was like no and i was i think i was 13 or something i was very being very assertive and, and i i kind of said it a little bit too loudly because just because i was get, getting the nerve to kind of say that i didn't like this and i kind of shouted i don't want to kiss anymore <laughs> i'm sick of kissing let's not do this ever again and they looked at me like what the hell <laughs> and then i I said good night and I stomped off to bed and they were probably <laughs> like what the hell is <laughs> what we do? they were probably just like 
bloody teenagers. <laughs> yeah, maybe. And I was I was very shocked of myself because of my volume, but that was just because mm-hmm. I really I was scared <laughs> to say yeah. it, but I I yeah. needed to say it, so I did. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, that's kind of what it is, though. I think um, maybe the kissing is also because I don't know if in Belgium, do you kiss people? Hello, like like French? Well, uh, not as much, not as much. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a good point. There's a big difference between the Dutch part and the French part yeah. of Belgium. So um, in the Dutch part, we uh, men don't kiss. So even friends, they shake hands to say hello. So for example, if I would um, invite you to a barbecue with your boyfriend, then we would kiss hello just once and mm-hmm. they would shake hands and I would kiss your boyfriend uh, on the cheek as well. So the girls and the boys <laughs> kiss. but the- <laughs> And then, y- you know, and then, um, but in, in, um, and you don't kiss colleagues. You kind of come in to work in the morning and yeah. you say hello, yeah. but yeah. you don't go around kissing everybody. But in the French part, mm-hmm. they do. So mm-hmm. in the French part, you come in to your work and you you kind of, it's expected that you go around everybody in the bloody open space <laughs> and kiss everybody <laughs> every morning when you come into work. So for me, that was really weird because I started working... Um, after my school, I started working in Brussels. Um, mm-hmm. So obviously in Belgium, you have a lot of, of mixing of, of the French the French part people and the Dutch part people, mm-hmm. <laughs> the Flemish and the Walloon people. Um, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, it was a bit shocking. It was like, wh- why are you guys kissing me? You know, we're at work and mm-hmm. it's a bit weird. Mm-hmm. But it just turns out that they kiss everybody. And so men kiss men as well. Yeah, it's it's, it's it's similar in Italy. Uh, everybody does the the two kisses. And, oh, they um, they do the official two. Yeah, here it's just the one, but it's still still weird. And in Holland, they kiss three times every time. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard about that. Um, it's crazy. Um, but at the same time, I mean, COVID put a stop to that. But yes. uh, <laughs> can can we leave that behind us now? Because I would yes. be glad to do, not kiss. Um, <laughs> I was just wondering because you were saying the other day about how um, it was really interesting how men, um, male comedians talked about feminism. I think they have a really interesting perspective on it as well. Yeah. Um, Because you were saying it was mainly because they had become fathers. Yeah. And now have daughters. Yeah. And started kind of processing that (laughs) that yeah that was something that really came to the forefront while i was watching the last series of live at the apollo and so you had um every time you had like the host and then you had a a, um a male comedian and a female comedian uh and a lot of the male ones like over and over again um you know they were challenging double standards and every time they started their show with, I have, I have kids, and then they would clap, and then, and I have a daughter, and then they would go off and, and say how they realize now that they have a daughter, that how many double standards there, they, there are, and, mm-hmm. you know, that they can suddenly see th- through the hypocrisy and put it on the table on stage, 
basically. Yeah. And I found that so much more interesting. Uh, obviously, I found the women also interesting, you know, their standpoint. But I mean, that these men were really making a statement and going out of their way to do a show about that. I thought that yeah. was really good. I thought that was mm. really good. I mean, comedy holds a mirror to society, right? And points out the flaws. So I, I just wish that outside of the stage, we would be all be able to speak openly about any subject like that. It would just make understanding each other and, and change go so much faster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because, um, it's, it's, I think the hardest bit about actually like, comedians have worked on their scripts for a long time so they know how to phrase things they've put a lot of thought and effort into kind of phrasing things in a way that is um non-offensive or you know you kind of it's kind of like what graham norton does he um uh, compliments all of his guests and make them makes them feel welcome yeah. to then insult them yeah. um <laughs> yeah. to then have them laugh with him and then compliment them again so that they don't feel bad you know so it's kind of like yes. a strategy it um is. and that's what comedians do right um and um it's it's much harder in a social setting because you're just talking from your heart and when you talk from your heart it tends to get heated quite quickly even though you don't necessarily want it to so um yeah. the hardest part with that for me is always um when facing um a statement be it from a male or female um side when facing a statement that is definitely sexist um, it's not a question of whether or not I should like talk about it, like actually mention like, Hey, look, that was sexist. Um, but it's more about, Oh God, here we go. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, uh, it, 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 people react quite defensively because they think they are being attacked and actually, it's yeah. mainly we're not like I'm not I don't want to attack the person I'm just trying to say look this is how that made me feel mm -hmm. um so that you can understand yeah you're trying what, to you're trying I'd to actually yeah open a conversation I think that comedy does a lot for that and that exactly like like Graham Norton like you say um you know going into that show as a guest that it's it's going to be fun and laughs but mm -hmm. at the same time he does do a serious interview and yeah. he kind of weeds out maybe some things that you know you wouldn't really talk about yeah. otherwise and if you put it in like this little funny environment then people tend to be more open and actually say yeah mm -hmm. you know that, that it's true and it, it actually it's it's just funny and we should laugh with it but yeah that this happened so yeah. I, it just makes it more acceptable I think to everybody um, and like I was saying before expectations about especially women's sexuality or even disabled people I mean I recently saw two disabled people who have cere—I can't say this—cerebral palsy. Uh, mm -hmm. So that means that they can't control their muscles um, and have er erratic movements and can't control like their jaw and tongue. So they speak very slowly uh, to to be understood. But mentally, they're fine. You know, they're mm -hmm. not. Th uh, this does not. Um, 
do anything with their intelligence. Uh, mm-hmm. And they both did shows on Live at the Apollo, and right. they were so funny and great comedians in their own right. I mean, I think it's huge that disabled people, like, I mean, not only a physical, if you're in a wheelchair, obviously you can be, um, I want to say a stand-up comedian, but that's evil. But oh. <laughs> a comedian... Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mind the pun. Um, no, but I mean, you know, they can go on stage too. That's great. But then you have this whole different level of, okay, are they disabled and are they mentally disabled or like, um, you know, born with, with something? And then uh, you know, people go into like this whole, ooh, you know, well, let's be super careful with the subject. But why mm-hmm. would they not be able to make a career out of this in showbiz? It's, I mean, it was amazing. For example, Rosie Jones, she's disabled with this cerebral palsy mm-hmm. and she's gay and has a show about masturbating and sexual fantasies. So, I mean, the, just the notion that disabled people also have a sexuality is just never talked about ever anywhere. And yeah, I mean, I guess it should be obvious, but well, you don't you don't you just don't think about it yeah. that way. And well, I don't know any disabled person personally, so maybe that's why I'm not maybe confronted with that or don't have a person like that to talk to and ask them about it because I'm mm-hmm. always very curious and I always want to know about everything. So um, I have a friend who was born without an arm, for example. So obviously, you know, the the first time we met or like the second time I, I did like a Spanish Inquisition about the arm because I just, I'm so interested and want to know. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm guilty of never really having thought about sexuality of disabled people until I saw Rosie perform, you know? So mm. I looked her up and uh, she also writes for various comedy shows, apparently, on the BBC and other places. Uh, yep. Like, have I got news for you and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it's amazing. I think she's amazing. Yeah. I think it's um, it's really great that... Th- well, this was the 2019 one, right? Yes. Because um, um, I-, I think it's just great how big places like BBC are starting to really put... Uh, an effort into diversifying their, you know, everything. Yeah. But in this case, their public persona, um, mostly. Mm-hmm. And I think that's great. But it's also like the back end, you know. It's like Kate was saying the other day, um, or well, a couple of weeks ago now, um, how if you're writing about, if you're doing a play about trans people, then you need trans writers and you need trans directors and you need people, you know, trans artists. So it's, it's, I'd be interested to see how much they're actually doing on the back end of this mm-hmm. or if they're just putting up the front. Yes. Of, that's, but either way, I mean, it's, it's, it's still a step in the right direction. And I think it's really great. Yeah. But yeah. Well, just the fact that they went out of their way to, uh, you know, say, okay, we, we, we want we want these people on stage i think that's it just creates an opportunity for them that that oh yeah definitely years mm. ago we wouldn't have they wouldn't have had and mm. i think that's that's definitely positive change i mean uh who else was there ellie taylor talks about monogamy 
mm-hmm. um, or rather how silly it is and that women <laughs> also need to sow their sexual oats. Um, obviously, yes. when, when women have had, you know, we get, we get called a slut. While a man who has had a lot of partners or one night stands is seen as like a successful manly man who can get a lot of women. Uh, if you do that mm. as a woman, oh my God, you're, you know, you're, you're really, um. Yeah. Again, power of language. So a man is called a stud, right? Or a stallion. And a woman is called a slut. Yeah. Or a whore mm-hmm. or whatever. And that's just, it's, it, it, it brings me back, you know, the power of language. My mum actually, I was talking to her about our last, um, um, I was talking to her about the podcast episode with Kate, um, Kate O'Donnell. Mm-hmm. And, um, she was saying that, yes, it is, it is very much the power of language. I remember when you were kids, um, you were very confused that my friend, her friend, right? Um, her girlfriend, a girlfriend was a, um, lawyer, because in German, w- we have gendered, yeah. um, gendered, um, nouns. Yeah. So it, it, lawyer in German at that point was male. So you have the lawyer, the normal phrase you would use for a lawyer is der Anwalt and der is, um, is a male. male. Yeah. Yeah. So we were we were like apparently we were like how can she be a lawyer because it's male yeah and yeah, that's interesting we didn't understand that and this is this is the power of language mm. and that is why i also think and i said this last time i think that we should not necessarily be saying we are empowering women because women are right. already powerful yeah right we yeah, don't so- need to give them power. We need to give them the space to develop that power. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah. Saying empowering just makes it, it makes it feel like you're getting your power from somewhere else. Exactly. Somebody else is giving you the power. About, <laughs> it's not about taking power from somewhere. It's about showing yeah. what you have intrinsically and showing what other people have intrinsically and just for everybody to be able to showcase what they can do. Yeah. And, um, I just think, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a lot about, we have to think a lot about our language mm-hmm. and that in, in Germany, actually we've recently started, um, I don't know how recent it is, but in the past couple of months, I've seen like everywhere adopting this. Um, there started being a, um, uh, a gendering of, of words. So like, like lawyer would be der Anwalt or die Anwältin. Hmm. So we would then now say, um, ein Anwalt in. So we do like a break okay. and then do the in, like the, the female, <laughs> yeah. yeah, the female additive to it. It doesn't really work with Anwalt that well because of the umlaut that adds yeah. in the female version, but, it's um you know we we do gendering now and okay. i think that's great because it just adds that sort of yeah that's that's also element. how language evolves right i mean in mm. in 10 or 15 years they they don't even know that there was a time that there wasn't exactly. a, a female word for it but yeah i think i think um on so many levels we still have a lot of work to do um so anyway i think that's all for today thank you for tuning in to unboxing women 
Be sure to connect with us on our socials, which you can find in the show notes. Oh, I need to put up the banner. I forgot the banner the last time. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Send us a DM or let us know your personal experiences with the hashtag such a bitch. Um, and don't forget to support your favorite artists through merch or donations. My name is Dana Rex and I've been chatting with Micah Rhodes. This is a bi-weekly show and we will be back for you in two weeks time. Same time, same place. Thank you everybody for listening and see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.